Let's take our Bibles now and turn to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. Thank you so much, men. Uh, I remember last time we were here and they sang and I really, really enjoyed them and they're special in song. At this time, I'm going to give my wife a head start because she'll need it tonight. That is for sure. She's thoroughly enjoyed the children and all the children. You can walk and be dismissed uh, for the kids club. They'll enjoy that very much so. And they're heading out. And I'm so thankful that my wife, Sherry, could be here this week, and she loves working with the children, and I I appreciate that very much so. Take your Bibles and turn to Romans chapter 1 and find verse 16, and as you're you're finding your place there, let me just mention uh, that uh, a big thank you so much for each one that have uh, made this week a possibility, your faithfulness. Um, your tenderness. There's been good conversations before and after about God working in hearts and helping, and I'm very, very thankful for that, and I appreciate your pastor very much so, and I know you do as well. Uh, Do you not? And uh, we're praying for him, especially even right now, and asking the Lord to help and uh, certainly uh, restore him and increase his stamina and uh, strengthen his heart, all of those things. And Continue to be the encouragement that you need to your pastor, and that would be great. Uh, I'd like to mention just a couple of announcements, just as far as back table, some of the things and resources there. <clears throat> and uh, I think I, you just give me the first slide, and I'll go with it if, uh, if you have it ready. Uh, this is the Forward with God. Uh, this is an excellent uh, discipleship course. It's a discipleship journey for on-mission uh, believers by evangelist Mark Visser. And this is an evangelist that's a part of our team and our ministry now. He helps coordinate all of our crusades. Uh, We have our next crusade will be uh, this fall in September uh, 25th. And uh, so um, just excellent. What I really appreciate about it is uh, focusing in on the spirit-filled life and dependence upon the Holy Spirit to help us and change us. It is very interactive. There's a lot of questions that get you back into the Word of God. It's great for one-on-one or helping someone else as well. Um, as well, there's other resources back there. I believe uh, we have the, um, you could be able to get the QR cards uh, to be able to scan this to go to a YouTube video. It's a 10-minute presentation of the gospel, and uh, we've had uh, thousands of views on that. We're very thankful for that, and uh, many have even trusted Jesus Christ as Savior as a result of watching that. I encourage you to give it to someone and ask them to watch it and see if they have any questions afterwards. I've been mentioning, and of course, the, the Lord's just been directing us to teaching on the Spirit-filled life. And um, one of the pamphlets back there I just want to, again, mention is a very small one, but very convicting. Do you really want to be Spirit-filled? And this is just an excellent resource by John R. Rice. And so let me, again, highly recommend it. Less than a cup of coffee. Actually, you can get a couple of these and probably three of them for today's cup of coffee. And uh, just a tremendous, very helpful, but small, and it will help you in your Christian life. And then finally, one resource on the table uh, that I'm just thrilled about that finally got back into print is one of those where I was calling the ministry and saying, hey, we need to get this back in print. Would you release the copyright? No, 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 we don't want to do that. And uh, it's called Just What the Doctor Ordered. It's by Walter Wilson, and it's soul winning stories. He was a doctor, an MD, and he got a hold of the spirit-filled life and the truths that we've been talking about this week. And as a result, God used him in divine appointments time and time again. Phenomenal stories, how he's walking along and God just changes his path 
and allows him to be able to meet someone else, and they, they trust Christ as Savior. Easy to read, hard to put down, one of those books. Just very, very inspiring, and it would be encouraging for you as you're uh, desiring to tell other people about the Lord Jesus. Would you pray for us and our ministries, of course, of course, our revival ministries of Faith for Revival, but also our crusade ministry, Hope for America, and the next one is uh, latter part of September. And I encourage the best way to keep track of us and pray for us is to sign up for our email list. And uh, afterwards, just back over in this section, you can do so. And uh, on the screen, it shows just go to faithforrevival.com. Uh, and that's a way that you could be able to sign up. Or you can go back there and one of the men that knows what they're doing will be able to enter it into the computer. And you can be able to sign up for our email list. I encourage you to do that, and that would be a great blessing uh, to us as well. We only send them out about once a month, and so we don't send cat videos, and don't send them to me. (laughs) I will delete you. Uh, That is for sure. Uh, The Lord has been good, hasn't he? He's been teaching us a lot, and let's just ask the Lord uh, to really work in our hearts tonight. Let's stand, if you would, as we read a couple of verses in Romans chapter 1. And uh, we're going to look at Romans 1, verses 15 and 16. The Bible says this, So as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. The title of the message is the phrase in verse 15, I am ready. Will you tell the Lord tonight that you are ready? Say, I am ready, Lord, to give out the gospel. Now that I'm understanding more of the spirit-filled life, walking in the spirit, having victory, having the Lord Jesus live through me and strengthened by the, the Holy Spirit, then by your help and by your grace, I am ready to tell others about the Lord Jesus. Why don't you tell him that tonight? Let's pray. Father, I pray that you would work in our hearts, help us in a very clear way. Strengthen me, Lord, I pray you'd fill me with your spirit, strengthen my body. I pray that I simply and clearly uh, preach your word. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. In college, God gave me a friend that was a uh, total opposite of me. I asked the Lord for a friend that loved the Lord, and uh, uh, he certainly did. I loved the Lord, too. That wasn't the opposite part, but uh, everything that he, uh, I was the think about it, let's hesitate, let's wait, let's plan it out, and then do it. He was do it first and think about it later. And uh, he said, hey, Chris, want to go with me to this outreach? It's downtown on Friday or Saturday night. It was during Bible college at, at Pensacola Christian College. And uh, so I said, sure. So we get down there, and the leader of the group says, okay, here's a couple rules. It's at night, of course, and it's downtown, so there's a couple things just to keep us safe. Number one, stay on the main drag. The main road, it's lit. There's people there and such, and we could watch each other you know, at a distance. Stay on the main drag. Off, uh, it's bad neighborhoods. It's dark. Don't do that. Second, um, don't carry any cash. That's always helpful when... Someone tells you don't take any cash with you. You feel like you're going to a real safe place. And uh, so don't carry any cash. Well, we went off and uh, we we're on the main drag. We're not talking to too many people. And it wasn't about five minutes. And he said, hey, Chris, follow me. 
And so where are we going? Off the main drag. And I'm like, aren't we supposed to? Just follow me. So we're going, and it's dark. And it's a bad neighbor. You could just tell right away. We're knocking on doors, and it's already dark. It's, it's late, and no one's answering the door. It's like, go away. <laughs> Leave us alone. You know? And, uh, you know, please, no. <laughs> and uh, so we're just going through the neighborhoods. And as we're doing so, you know, again, no one's answering the door. So we're going further and further away from the main drag. And so we just keep walking. Now we're walking to an intersection where three of the points or the corners of the intersection are just dark. There are no lights. And there's like a parking lot. Uh, there's an abandoned house. There's something else. You can't even see what it is. It's so dark. But on one corner, there's like this sketchy establishment. Bars on the windows. Bars on the door. I don't know if it's a liquor store or what it was. And it had one door that came through the, the corner, and it had this overhang that went to that corner, and from that was one single incandescent light bulb. You know, kind of get the idea. And uh, so we're walking around the corner, and then two big guys come around. I'm thankful my friend was big. And two big guys come around. I'm startled. He's not. And, uh, and uh, we start talking to him. Well, we start giving them the gospel and talking about Lord Jesus and such. And uh, they asked for money. Well, that was the second rule. Don't take money. I forgot I had $10. That's like $100 to a college student. And, uh, and uh, so and my friend said, hey, I don't have any money. He said, Chris, do you have any money? I wanted to lie, but I didn't. I said, yeah. He said, hey, I'll pay you back. I knew he'd be good for it. So I got my $10. I gave it to him. He gave it to the guys. And then they stayed for 45 minutes and listen to the Bible. No, they did not. <laughs> I'm sorry to trick you. They didn't. As soon as they got the money, what did they do? They took off, right? So they went off their way. And this whole time, someone was watching us from across the corner in this dark parking lot. And it was, they were in a car. And lights came on. They started driving over. And they also had lights on top of the car. And those lights came on, too. And one officer came over to us and said, hold it right there. The other one went to go get the other guys. They thought we were doing drugs. We said, no, we're telling them about Jesus. Oh, yeah, right. You know? <laughs> and uh, it was so funny. My friend was always ready to tell others about the Lord Jesus. Would you tonight say, Lord, I'm ready. God is waiting for you to be ready to win souls. Now, this is not something that you work up with your personality. It's not something, okay, I've got to get everything just right. You, there is a learning you should learn in order to articulate clearly the gospel. But this isn't, okay, I'm going to have four years of Bible college and do all of this. It's a matter of your spirit being willing to trust the Lord. In fact, if we're going to have an effective gospel witness, I believe there are four elements that need to be ready. What are these four? Number one. Number one, the gospel. The gospel must be ready. But what we learn is this, is the gospel is already ready. It is always already powerful. Look at um, verse 15 and 16. It says this, so as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel. What is the gospel? The gospel is the what? Good Good news. Good news about Jesus. To you that are at Rome also, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the what of God? Power, Power of God uh, unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. So the good news about Jesus Christ, what is this? 
the gospel is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But we have to include something else that 1 Corinthians 15, 3 includes. The Bible says, For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins. We have to include the phrase, for our sins. That's what makes the gospel good news. Why did Jesus die? For our sins. And he was buried, according to the scriptures, and he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. Now, as we're understanding this, that message of the gospel that Jesus Christ died for us, he died for our sins, and he rose again, and all we need to do is believe on him. And the Bible says in verse 16, it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. Not to everyone that works for it, right? Not to everyone that's been baptized. It's the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. Have you believed on Jesus Christ to save you? Can you say amen if you have? Amen. That's a wonderful thing. If you don't know that, tonight you can. And we want to help you with that. But this gospel message that Jesus Christ died for us and he rose again. And all we have to do is believe on him personally. That message is a powerful message. It says power. Now, this is uh, from the Greek word that we get dynamite. It's that dynamite power. I remember when we would um, set off firecrackers and such. And, uh, and, and, and uh, you know, as kids, we'd go by the fireworks and we'd set them off. And you light one, and sometimes it goes, and nothing happens. Like, is it going to go off? I don't know. And you wait. And you wait, you say, go get it. No, you go get it. <laughs> and we try to go kick it or something and get it out of the way or put a can over it. And, you know, it's a dud. Oh, it's so disappointing. Here the Bible says, for I am not ashamed. The idea here is I am not disappointed. I'm not going to be embarrassed with the power of the gospel or disappointed with the gospel. It is effective. It is powerful. It is dynamite, okay? If I had a stick of dynamite, I lit it. And you say, well, that's not very powerful. Okay, and I hand it to you. Would you change your mind? You change your mind real quick. In fact, you say, I think I need to pass this on. And so you'll pass it on to someone else. Sure. The dynamite of the gospel is powerful. And it's absolutely powerful to save anyone. On Sunday morning, uh, we had a man here. He's 80, 81 years of age. He was my neighbor growing up. He was the guy I thought could never get saved, and he got saved. And uh, it's just wonderful. Time and time again, we've seen difficult, challenging, rough parts, rough people. You, you may have someone in your family. You may have someone that's in your neighborhood, and you think, oh, Brother Miller, if anyone can't get saved, it's my neighbor. Well, let's, let me tell you, the gospel is powerful enough to save absolutely anyone. You can, you can count on that. Number one, the gospel is ready. The first element is the gospel. Number two, the second element that needs to be ready is the lost. Now, we're going to leave our place, and we're going to go just topically now to other places. Look at John chapter 4. John chapter 4. So you can leave Romans and look at John chapter 4 and find verse 35. John chapter 4 and find verse 35. It says here in John 4, just after Jesus met the woman at the well, he's teaching his disciples some lessons spiritually. And John 4, 35, the Bible says this, Say not ye there yet four months, then cometh harvest? 
Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. So he's saying, look, okay, here's an example. Jesus oftentimes used fields and the crops to illustrate people. He said, look on the fields. Not only are they massive in size, but there's something specific we got to see. They are white already to harvest. Now, I didn't know what that meant uh, at first because I was a city boy. I wasn't out in the country or anything. What's it mean to be white already? It means that crop or that corn or whatever it is, is ready to be harvested. It's ready right now. So all you have to do is go. If you wait four months, if it's harvest time, it's, let's say, September, maybe October. If you wait, if it's October, November, December, January, February, the freeze will come, snow will come. You know, you've seen pictures of snow, right? And uh, all of that will come, and the harvest is lost. Why? Because you can't put it off. It has to be harvest time. I remember one particular time we stayed with a hog farmer and, uh, in a revival meeting, but he also had corn and soybean. And uh, we were there, and he said, we're, we're going to start harvesting just a little bit on the outside, the perimeter of the fields, because they kind of get ready faster. But then next week, we're going to go out there, and we're just harvest, and we're going to be in the combines and tractors 24 hours a day until it's brought in. They're eating there. They're getting someone to take their place. for. They can take a, a brief uh, nap or whatever the case is, but they're just out there constantly going. Why? Because of the urgency of the harvest. Here's the truth. The lost are ready to be saved. They say, no, no, Brother Miller. No, no. Um, I didn't see that today. I didn't see anybody that was just tripping over themselves to come ask me how they can be saved. What must I do to be saved? <laughs> In fact, when I gave the track, someone said, no, thank you. Or when I invited some of the church said, no, that's all right. Well, you know what? I believe there are people ready because the Bible says so. Now, this doesn't say that they will be ready. They shall be ready. So it's not a promise of the future. It's right now. It's right now. People are ready to be saved. Um, as we travel around, we constantly see that this is true. I've even today, given out a track at the, one of the establishment, we just go buy something, and she's like, oh, thank you so much. I'll, I'll try to visit, and what's your name? I'll tell the pastor your name when I come and visit. I thought, wow, that's pretty impressive. <laughs> but she was searching, she was looking, and she readily received the gospel information. Let me ask, have you been, by faith, trusting that there is a harvest that's ready and ripe? Well, I can't see it. I don't know. Are you just looking at everyone through the filter of your experience? If you only go by experience, you're going to go by emotion, and that emotion will tell you and will trick you and say, no, 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 don't give the track to that guy. He's got a lot of, you know... He's got a lot of stuff. I mean, he's not going to want to hear that. Look, the biggest, toughest looking guy can be saved and is looking. There are so many people like this. I remember we were in meetings in Madison, Wisconsin, and we had the, instead of going Sunday through Wednesday, I said, hey, to the pastor, why don't we go all the way through Friday and, uh, and ask the Lord just to help and have some friend nights and such. And so we did. 
Well, as I'm preaching along, uh, there's a lady that comes in late, and she sits back in the back row. And right when she's coming in, I say the phrase, you're not here by accident. I mean, that was already planned in my message. It wasn't like I was just, you know, adding that because I saw someone. So you're not here by accident. She's just is glued on me right now. And I said, God brought you here so you could trust Jesus Christ as Savior, so you could be saved and have eternal life. And I'm talking like this and, and such. I give the invitation. It's at the end where I ask, who wants to trust Christ as Savior? She raised her hand. I said, would you come to the front and talk with a counselor and someone? She came all the way from the back, all the way to the front. The assistant pastor and his wife took her to a side room, a side location, and led her to Christ. Afterwards, she comes back out. I said, wow, that is so wonderful. Did you trust? I sure did. Where are you going now? I'm going to heaven. That's wonderful. I said, who invited you? She said, no one. I've been driving by this church for months, and I knew I needed God. And, and every time, I, can't, I work on Sunday, so I can't come on Sunday, and there's ne- there are never cars here on Friday night. And I saw them here on Friday night. I just pulled in. I knew I needed God, and I wanted to come in. And that's when I heard you say, you're not here by accident. (laughs) It was just incredible. God can save people, and they're looking. Uh, Earlier this spring, we're in Michigan, and um, I'm preaching along. On a Wednesday night, there's a couple, in fact, a whole family that comes, a man and a wife and and their kids. He was... um, agnostic at best. She had some Catholicism in the background, but they are just looking for answers. They come, long story short, they, they uh, respond in the invitation, they get counsel. They don't get saved the first night, but they need some more explanation. They come back the next night. They come to meet me early, and they, they go through, we go through the gospel like 45 minutes, an hour before the service, and uh, they're asking all these questions and such. And I find out, I said, well, how did you come to know the church or come and visit here? This is only your second time. He said, yeah, this is our second time. He said, well, I was sitting on my porch. And we were just going through a hard time. And I don't know what's right and what's wrong. I just know the world's a mess right now and we need some help. And, and I just said, God, if you're really real, would you send someone to show me? He said, it wasn't five minutes later, and the pastor was walking by. He had just his church literature, and he's walking door by door, door to door, and he said, hey, um, I'm pastor so-and-so from this church. I'd like to give you this information. He's grabbing it and taking it, and he says, okay, all right, we'll be there. He says, well, okay, and you have any questions? No, okay, this is good for now, and he went in and said to his wife, God heard me. And he came, and they trusted Christ as Savior. The husband and wife both were saved. You know what? They, they realized that they needed to believe on Jesus Christ. You know, there are people right now looking all over and are ready to be saved. Are you? I don't know who you are. Perhaps you're a guest here tonight. Maybe you couldn't say, amen, I, I know that I'm saved, Brother Chris, or I know that I'm on my way to heaven, preacher. Tonight, would you trust Christ as your Savior so you could be saved? You see, number one, the gospel is ready. Number two, the lost are ready. Number three, the third element that needs to be ready is the Holy Spirit. And you know the Holy Spirit is ready. He is ready to empower you and to lead you. The Holy Spirit is ready to empower you and to lead you. First of all, let's notice to empower you. Look at Acts chapter 1. Everybody turn there to the next book in the Bible, Acts chapter 1. Find verse 8, Acts chapter 1 
and find verse 8. Acts chapter 1 and find verse 8. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, the Bible says this, But ye shall receive power, after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and all Judea and in Samaria and, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Notice this, but ye shall receive power. Now this word receive is a, an action verb, actually. It's the idea to take now, look, if we had a, a gift and we're trying to illustrate salvation, God is offering you a gift. Here it is. How, what do you have to do to receive it? And the person or the child might say, all I have to do is take it. Well, just like that, that's this verb right here. So don't think we're just kind of walking through life or we're just going to sit back passively and we're going to wait until the Holy Spirit just zaps us. And then, then we'll go out and witness. This is a matter of consciously depending upon him by faith, saying, here's a promise, and what do you do? You ask def definitely based upon that promise, dear God, would you do what you promised about empowering me with your Holy Spirit? I'm going to take it, the power of the Spirit, right now to be used of you. And the power of the Holy Spirit is not like a light switch. Okay, uh, where, where's the lights for the room? Okay, let's go over here to light switch. We turn it on, and then we're finished with the room. We turn it off. No, no, no. God the Holy Spirit is a person. This whole week we've been talking about how to be rightly related to the person of the Holy Spirit. Don't think of him as some ethereal power that you can just occasionally use when you need, but recognize he is God. He is a person that you need to be rightly related to and develop that, and then the power of the Holy Spirit can flow through you. He's ready to empower you, but secondly, he is ready to lead you. He is ready to lead you. Acts chapter 8. Look at Acts chapter 8. In Acts chapter 8, we're going to find the story of Philip. The story of Philip. Acts chapter 8. Look at verse 26. Here is Philip. He's a, 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 an evangelist. I love this. And he is preaching, and God tells him to go someplace else. Acts eight twenty six. And the angel Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise, and go toward the south unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. And he arose and went. Okay, what? What should we recognize first? He simply obeyed. He obeyed right away. Do you obey the Spirit when he tells you, no, turn that radio off. No, turn that t TV uh, station, that channel. No, 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 uh, don't say that. Go over here. Give this person a track. Do you obey on these basic things? When it comes to the matter of witnessing, you're not going to obey then if you're not obeying the Holy Spirit and cultivating that relationship on a daily basis. What well, says, he arose and went, verse 27, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, an eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure and had come to Jerusalem for to worship, was returning and sitting in his chariot, it read Isaiah the prophet. Then the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. And Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, Understandest what thou readest? And he said, How can I except some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. 
The place of the scripture which was read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and like a lamb dumb before his shears, so he opened not his mouth. And he goes on and he keeps talking. And look at verse 35. Verse 35, Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. I love this. The Holy Spirit leads him and empowers him to be able to see someone saved. God can do the same for you. I remember there was a teenage girl um, that was in our revival meeting. She was 17. She was a high school senior. And uh, she attended the Christian school, I believe, that the church had. And then uh, they would, on Wednesday nights before church, they would take the youth and go out soul winning and go door to door, invite people. But she never went because she was afraid. You could understand that, can't you? And so she was afraid. She never went. But she heard me preach on the white harvest and that the gospel is powerful, that the Holy Spirit can lead you and use you. And she said, that's what I want. I'm going to trust the Lord. And so she went. And so they had the pastor, the youth pastor there, and he took the van, and it was all chaperoned and everything. And they had two by two, and they went to the doors. Her and another girl went to the first door, knocked on the door, asked him if they liked the information. The person said, no, thank you, and closed the door politely. The next door, hi, we're from such and such church. Uh, would you like the information about the church? Uh, no, no, not interested. Close it more abruptly. Third one, hi, we're from such and such. Nope, don't want it. Slam in their face. What do they do now? They don't start bawling. <laughs> they don't start crying. But they walk out to the end of the sidewalk. And they say, you know what? We're not seeing anybody that's ready to be saved. But Jesus said that the, the fields are white, are ready to harvest. So let's pray right now that the Holy Spirit will lead us to someone that's ready to be saved. And so right now, let's, let's do that. So they bowed and prayed. Before they said amen, they could hear the squeaks of a brakes. It was a school bus. The public school bus just stopped. Three teenagers, three high schoolers got off the bus, and these two girls started talking to them. Before it was done, all three of them bowed their head and trusted Jesus Christ as Savior. Amen. Because a teenage girl said, I'm ready. To be used of the Lord. I believe this is true. Uh, you know, God can empower you. He can give you the boldness. And he can give you the leadership. You don't know where people are. You just follow the Lord. You obey him. And he might rearrange your schedule. He might say, nope, don't go over here. Come over here. You're like, why is this? Well, maybe he's changing plans so he can lead you to someone else that needs to trust Jesus Christ as their savior. There was a, also, let me tell you about a teen guy, a teen guy that came to every single one of our revival services. And you say, well, that's not that big of a deal. Yes, it is. His parents were unsaved. They were divorced. He lived with his mom. He had to walk over a mile to church. He took off work every evening so he could be there. It was a big deal. He came in. He made sure he's dressed in a suit or a tie, something nice. And he came to the service and he brought his Bible. One night he's leaving and he's walking by the public park to head home. It was still a little bit light. It was light very late. And uh, three guys from his public school saw him. He goes, hey, Baptist boy, <laughs> what you doing going to church on a, what is this, a Thursday? Oh, man, what are you doing, man? Are you going to church every day? And they start making, oh, is that your Bible? And they start making fun of him. He was walking. He was walking the opposite direction. And he could hear them very clearly. But he said, I wanted just to walk and act like I couldn't hear him. He said, I could feel just my muscles and everything tense up. I was so scared. 
Then I said, I know God was directing me to go back to them. So I just breathed the prayer and I said, God, would you help me now and give me the boldness? He said he could feel his muscles relax as he turned and walked straight towards the boys. And as he did, he didn't come back with a snarky comment. He wasn't mad. He just said, hey, the reason I'm coming to church is because we have special services and an evangelist is preaching. He's telling people how to be able to go to heaven. And I have my Bible because that's how we know God speaks to us and tells us how to go to heaven. Do you know if you died, if you go to heaven? Well, no, of course not. Well, you can. And he starts giving them the gospel. And all three of the guys knelt down on their knees in the public park and trusted Jesus Christ as Savior because of a teenager that said, Dear God, I believe that this is true and you can help me. The Holy Spirit is ready to help you. So what's the fourth element? <laughs> if, if the gospel is ready and the lost are ready and the Holy Spirit is ready, the fourth element is you. It's me. Would you just say, God is waiting for you to simply be ready. How can we be ready? I like to take the example of, uh, uh, certainly, uh, of uh, Stephen. Look at Acts chapter 6. Acts chapter 6 and verse 5. The Bible says this in Acts chapter 6 and verse 5. And the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of, go and say it out loud, full of what? Faith. And of the, say it, the Holy Ghost. And they went, goes through and it mentions these different ones. And uh, so... They laid their hands on them. Uh, the, the, verse 7, uh, the word of God increased because of this. Verse 8, and Stephen, full. this time it says full of what? Faith. And then it says, and what? Power. Okay, now watch. When you are full of faith and then full of the Holy Ghost, he's going to give you that power and that boldness that is connected with that power that supersedes your personality. This is not a personality thing. An evangelist is a preacher of the gospel. That is true. But I am not some super soul winner that I have this special gift that I can win souls more than you. No, no, no. On a one-on-one basis, on witnessing, you have as much access to the power of the Holy Spirit and can be a witness even more so than myself. Now, as an evangelist, I want to preach the gospel to the masses. Man, am I burdened for that. We need to have more crusades. I'm praying for more evangelists all the time. But as well, I'm preaching. Here we have over 100 people. I don't know how many are in attendance tonight, but it's a good attendance. What if I could, as an evangelist, say, all right, not only would I witness, but how about all of us trust God and truly depend upon God? And then we go out, and now we have 100-plus people that are ready and full of faith and full of power because they're full of the Holy Ghost. And then as a result, the application I'm going to make is this, is full of obedience. So there's three characteristics I believe that we need to have if we're going to be ready. Like Stephen, we need to be first full of faith. Secondly, full of power. That's through the Holy Spirit. And then thirdly, full of obedience. But what happens typically is we try to invert them. And we just try to obey first without the power and without being convinced that God's going to do something. So we're scared. We don't do it right. We go grudgingly 
We go because it's a guilt trip. We go and we're not fully surrendered. It's just a challenging experience when we just try to obey in ourselves. And then somewhere along the line, typically, people start to fade out and then they don't go anymore. Don't start with obedience. Start with the faith. Saying, dear God, I believe this is true. The gospel is ready. I believe that. There are people ready to be saved. I believe that that's true. And then as well, I believe that the Holy Spirit can give me the power that I need. I want to be full of faith. And then as a result, full of power. That is that boldness from the Holy Spirit to speak. And then full of obedience. Would you be full of faith? I remember one particular church. They took 10 days, um, just like they did in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 1. 10 days to pray before Pentecost. They took 10 days and they said, we're going to pray. We're not going to go soul winning. We're not going to do anything else. We're just going to pray before these meetings. And we're going to do it three times a day. Uh, We're going to have three uh, meetings, prayer meetings at the church. One in the morning, one in the afternoon, one in the evening. You can come to one. You can come to more than one. But we're going to have them. But would you take some time every day for 10 days to pray? That's getting pretty serious, isn't it? Well, when we got there, it was electric. The people... We're expecting God to work. They were expecting people to be saved. People then, he said, then the pastor said, okay, we're going to go out as well during the meeting. And we're going to take a bus. If you want to go on the bus, we're going to go to this area. We're going to invite people. And we're just going to tell them about Jesus as well. And let's just go. And let's, let's just trust the Lord. But first of all, they started with the prayer, and they started with the faith, and they did so. And they were ones that trusted Jesus Christ as Savior, and it was so wonderful. Well, as they continued to come, as the week was going on, more were getting saved. And, and then and we had uh, you know, 10 saved, and then 12 saved, and 14 saved. It was just incredible how God was blessing, and God was answering in power from the Holy Spirit uh, in their, these requests. And then it was one of the, like the last night, and one of the men that were, was saved on, a, on just a door-to-door situation was supposed to come and get baptized. Well, he was going to bring his, uh, his um, friends, and uh, they were going to come. Well, he does come, and uh, as he comes, he gets baptized. Well, while I'm preaching, um, the, his girlfriend responds, his adult girlfriend. His mom comes, and she responds. He had a friend there. He said that he was saved already. And, uh, and as I give the invitation, uh, they come, they lead, uh, they lead them to Christ. And they said, well, we're going to have a baptism. The pastor just said, they're adults. He just asked them, hey, are you saved? Did you trust Christ as Savior tonight? Yep. If you died right now, where would you go? Heaven. Is anything else a part of it? Nope. That's just it. Okay. Hey, he's going to be baptized. Do you want to be baptized too? This doesn't get you to heaven. Yes. And so we baptized the guy. He said, here's the guy that came to be baptized. And then here's his mom. She came to watch him get baptized. She got saved. Boom. And, and she gets baptized. And here's his girl, girlfriend. And they get, they get saved and baptized the same night. And then it continued the next week. They had some 25, 30 people saved after God was truly pouring out his spirit. And it was given power. Do you have that full of faith? Don't go on experience. But go on God's word and say, dear God, we're going to pray and we're going to continue to pray that you're going to work. But not only be that, be full of power, power from the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 4, verse 29, 31, 33 are great verses to jot down where the Peter and others and John prayed for boldness 
and they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they were filled with boldness as well, and they spake the word of God with boldness. In Acts chapter 4, specifically in verse 33, I'm sorry, verse 31, and when they had prayed, the place was shaken, and where they assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake the word of God with boldness. Verse 33 And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. Look, do you have that power from the Holy Spirit? If not, tonight would you say, Lord, give me that boldness like you did that boy. So I can go and I can tell other people about eternal life, about Jesus Christ. Look, folks, when are we going to do it? Are we going to wait until it's too late? Are we going to wait until it's done and it's finished? Are we just going to simply sit by and not obey? Would you say, tonight, Lord, would you help me to be full of faith? Would you help me to be full of power? And I understand that comes from the Holy Spirit. Give me boldness. And then finally, Lord, would you help me to be full of obedience? Lord, I'll obey you. I'll do whatever you want, whenever you want. I'll go back and give the person a track. I'll talk to the person. I'll give them the QR code. I want to see other people... Go to heaven before it's too late. Before it's too late. Would you obey? Um, Pastor Averett mentioned that there was a fire at the Bill Rice Ranch. And I was really hoping that maybe there would just be smoke damage from my office. Uh, But that wasn't the case. (laughs) It was really quite bad. In order to stop the fire, they had to cut... Um, the roof and um, to be able to get the firefighters, the hoses and such in there and that was in my office. This is my filing cabinet (laughs) burned up. Want to go to one of the next ones? That's just a bunch of debris. See that little, there's a little red plastic container that made it. I don't know how. (laughs) Um, There's uh, another one there. I don't know if you have the first one if that probably didn't make it but it one of them shows that the roof was cut and the, the ceiling and the actual roof was hanging down and you could see sunlight as they came in and it's just, just devastating. Unfortunately, um, I think when we go back tomorrow, we'll fly back, we're going to go through this and there are going to be a lot of tears because we don't have a house and we left in there not only our titles and birth certificates and those important documents, but wedding pictures. The only ones I have of my wife. There's no digital copy. And then the digital copies that we had, we had terabytes of video on external hard drives, and they were there. Um, There were pictures of growing up. You know, the, the equipment, the finances, and the electronics, you know, obviously can be replaced, right? The sentimental things are, are challenging. But a fire like this actually shows you what's most important. <laughs> Absolutely most important. There's no loss of life. There's no one hurt during the fire. We can thank God for that. You know... But if there was someone that actually died in a fire, that'd be devastating. And I, I, my heart goes out to anyone that's experienced that. 
You know, at the judgment seat of Christ, when all the stuff that we've been working for on earth and the money and the houses and the cars and the retirement accounts and the nest eggs, it's going to be burned up. Will you take your family member to, to, the, to heaven? You say, well, I can't save them. I know you can't. But you can tell them about Jesus. Well, they won't listen. You know what? They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again. Why don't you ask the Lord and obey him? How about your neighbors? How about your coworkers? How about people you just see every single day? When I hear about someone passing on, I just ask the question in my mind, where are they now? Where are they now? Why don't you say tonight, dear God, I'm ready. Uh, would you make me full of faith, full of power, and full of the Holy Spirit? I'd encourage you tonight, uh, would you do something really unique? In a minute, when we close the service, um, I'm just going gonna, gonna to ask this. Um, I didn't ask the men ahead of time, but I'll, I'll just ask if I could. Brother Averett, if, if you could just stand at that aisle at the conclusion and the invitation, and perhaps, um, Brother Self, would you stand here, and then I could just stand over there, and then I'd like this, in just a moment, when we conclude, would you go to one of these, one of us men, and just stand there, and just say the words, I'm ready. Would you let us have a brief word of prayer for you, that God would make you full of faith, full of power, and full of obedience, and then you could either pray on your own at the front or go back to your seat and pray. But what you wouldn't do is you wouldn't pray with us just to help things go more quickly. But would you do that tonight? You could go here, you could go over here, you could go over there. You, could, you just choose where you'd like to go. And just come up and just say those three words, I'm ready. Now, if you've not been saved, you just say the words, I'm, I'm ready to be saved. You, and, and we'll know what you're talking about. We'll help you. But just say those words. Let one of these men pray with you. And then you go be seated or find a place wherever you want to is fine. And just pray about that decision. And say, you know what? I really do want to see people saved and people helped. Why don't you say tonight, I'm ready. I remember it was a conclusion of it a meeting like this and I was staying at a hotel and I got out of the car and I had a dark thought. It wasn't from the Lord. It was one of those gloomy thoughts of, oh, the meeting's over. It's not going to continue. This is all over. And I said, I took my Bible. I said, no. I just grabbed it. I'm walking towards the hotel. I said, as I'm exiting my car, I said, it's not over. God's still going to work. Instead of going through the front of the hotel, I went to the side door. And as I did so, I saw a guy out there having a smoke. And I said, hey, nice night, isn't it? He goes, no, nah, it's a little cool for me. We're up in Michigan. And I said, really? So where are you from? So he said, I'm from Key West. <laughs> I said, what are you doing in Michigan? <laughs> he said, well, I'm up here because, you know, we're having a graduation for my daughter. But, but then he just unloads. He said, but I'm going through a hard time. And... Uh, I said, uh, what's your name? My name's Rob. Oh, I'm Chris. 
well, what, what are you going through? And, well, this is the difficulty and challenges. And I said, well, Rob, you know, uh, I don't think uh, we're meeting by accident. And he, his eyes got as big as silver dollars. He said, I thought that as soon as you came up. I thought it was a little over the top, but I said, okay. <laughs> I said, okay. And I said, you know, Rob, before you, you can get help with all these things, God needs to be the one that can help you. And God wants to help you know for sure about the most important things about going to heaven. I said, do you know that you're going to heaven? And he said this. He said, oh, yeah, yeah. Listen, listen back in the back row. He said, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm going to heaven because uh, I keep the Ten Commandments. He said specifically, he said, I hang my hat on the Ten Commandments. <laughs> and uh, I said, well, if the Bible said something different, would you want to hear? Well, yeah, I guess. So I showed him Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. I'm explaining the gospel. I said, would you read this out loud? He said, for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. And he stops without me saying anything. He looks up. He goes, that's what I'm doing, isn't it? I said, yes, it is. <laughs> You're trusting yourself. He said, oh, it's not of works. I said, what's that? I said, that's any good thing you do that you think is going to get you heaven? Okay. Unless any man should boast. And I said, it's just by faith, trusting Jesus Christ to save you. You have to admit that you're a sinner and, and that Jesus Christ died for you on the cross. And I go through the gospel. And, and I, 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 at this point, I'm actually, I'm having him use my iPad because it's dark and he can't see the, the, the Bible. And so he's just using the Bible app and he has it. And then I'm talking to him, you need to trust Christ as Savior, Rob, and not yourself. And then he says, Chris, and he just shoves the iPad back to me. I go, man, what's he doing now? He's so open. Why would he close the conversation? He goes, Chris, just show me what to do. Just tell me what to do. I said, well, you can just trust Christ right now. And in his own words, he just expressed his faith in Christ, and he trusted Jesus. And I said afterwards, I said, Rob, I'm so thankful you got saved. Yes, this is not by accident that we met. He said, that's more true than you know. He said, I got an email to show you. And he gave me this email. He said, my name is Rob. He sent this email to a Baptist pastor that afternoon because he was in such dire straits he needed help. He said, I was hoping to connect with you, seeking some guidance and much-needed prayer. I need help. The man I perceive myself as, the one I strive to be, seems so far out of reach for me lately. I'm not sure what happened or where to start in writing myself. And he goes to some things. He says, difficult realization, hard to swallow and admit. And he says, I feel a loss. I feel lost in a sense, and I need help. He says, um, I want to be the man that I see myself capable of being consistently. I come to you somewhat broken, and I'm not sure if you're willing to help, and I'm not sure where to start, but I figured this email would be a good first step. Respectfully, Rob. And he sent the email. The pastor said, I can't meet with you. Uh, it's, it's a little bit of a distance, and I got some other things going. But just three minutes from your church, um, from your uh, hotel as a church, and they're having a conference, go there tonight at 7 o'clock. Go there. They'll pray with you. They'll help you with the Bible. They'll give you some help. Well, he was supposed to go to the very church I was at. <laughs> and he fell asleep, and he slept through the service. And he wakes up afterwards, and he goes, oh, man, I just blew it. This is, this is terrible. I needed help, God, and I don't know where to turn, what to do. And then he just goes out to the side door to have a smoke and just try to calm down. And then right then, an evangelist with his Bible is getting out of a car saying, it's not over. <laughs> and God put us both together. You see, God has many people like Rob out there for you to meet for you to tell about the Lord Jesus. 
Would you tell God tonight those three words, I am ready. Lord, help me to be full of faith, full of power, and full of the Holy Spirit. I'll be over here, Pastor Self, Pastor Averett, in just a moment. Would you just step out? Just say those words. Let us briefly pray for you. We'll just get a stand. We're not going to kneel. We're not going to sit. We're just going to briefly pray, and then you go pray on your own. Would you do that tonight? Everyone, let's pray and ask the Lord to help us. Father, please help us. I pray right now in this time of invitation, in this special service, Lord, help us to be open to asking you for help and to saying those words that I am ready. Lord, help us to be used of you, I pray. With our heads bowed, with our eyes closed, if you're here and you say, Brother Miller, one thing I know for sure, I am saved. If you know that you're on your way to heaven, you're saved, can you raise your hand all throughout the room? You know that you're on your way to heaven. That's wonderful. You can place your hands down. Now, not everybody could raise their hand. If you couldn't, would you let me pray for you? Would you say tonight, preacher, please don't embarrass me, but would you pray for me? I am not yet a believer. I'm not yet saved but I'm ready and I want to, would you pray for me? If that's true for you, can you raise your hand? Would you raise your hand high enough where I could see it? I need to be saved. I need to believe on Jesus. I've not done that before and I need that. Would you say that tonight? Okay, let me ask next. Who here would say, Brother Miller, tonight I do want to say to God, I am ready. If that's true for you, can you slip your hand throughout the room? God bless you. Many hands, many hands. You can place your hands down. Look, if God's spoken to you in just a moment, I'm going to have the pianist play. When she does, would you step out and come to one of us and let us pray with you? Just say those words, I'm ready. If you need to be saved, just say, I'm ready to be saved. And would you come as others are coming? As the pianist plays, would you step out and come right now?
Thank you so much uh, for your attention throughout the week to the Word of God and your sensitivity, especially tonight, to the Spirit of God. Folks, it's not over, is it? God wants to continue to work, and He wants to use you, and He wants to use me to see other people come to Christ and be added to the church. May God bless you. We want to um, pray for you. Please pray for us. If we can help you with the materials or the sign-up uh, over here, please let us know. Pastor Self will come.